Genesis chapter 11 and verse 1. We're talking about uh, Nimrod. Has anybody ever heard of Mystery Babylon? You've heard a lot about Babylon in Scripture. We're going to talk about that because the main thrust, and I just have enough notes to maybe not even finish this class. It's okay. Nimrod, we're going to read about Nimrod, and, um, and you know about the Tower of Babel. We need to stop here and go deep because we have to understand that this is now the, the beginning of the world's religions. This is now the beginning of every abhorrent thing, every abhorrent God, every abhorrent point of worship. And we're going to talk about Christmas, the origin of Christmas. And again, I'm not going to offend anybody. If you, if you don't like what I say, that's okay. Prove it wrong and then have a problem with it. Or prove it right and change your mind. But anyway, so that goes with all of history because I'm also going to talk about, unfortunately, what some religions think, especially Catholicism, and how they have baked into what they do all the way back from this, and they refuse to change. Now, some of you may already know what I'm talking about, and I'm not just bashing the Catholic religion, but I am telling you, anything that is a religion, did Jesus Christ create all of these denominations? No. What was Christianity called when it was first created on the day of Pentecost? The way. the way. That's all it was. And I'll tell you a couple of stories about some, I don't want to say run-ins, but a couple of uh, discussions I've had with people who are Greek Orthodox uh, or Catholic in my, in my dealings because, you know, this happens a lot to me and in the past. And as we go along in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share with you some things about how to answer somebody um, and do that. Let me give you one example about how to answer somebody. Yesterday morning, <laughs> yesterday morning, I happen to be in the driveway, and this PT Cruiser rolls up, and it's Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, they don't come too often. I guess my, our house has this, like, get out. I don't know. But maybe the angels weren't watching that yesterday morning, and this car pulls in. I'm teasing. Anyway, so it's this nicely dressed woman. And driving, another woman next to her, and a younger, a young daughter, one of their daughters, was in the back. And so they pull up. I just happened to be outside. So they didn't even have to ring the doorbell. It was great. Easy for them, right? In and out, quick. So this woman comes out. She's got a Bible in her hand and a, and a booklet. And I knew right away it's either them or who knows who this is. So she starts talking to me. You know, today people are concerned about the economy and people, why do we suffer? They ask these questions. And, and where's God in all this? Why does God allow evil? Great questions. Especially nowadays, people are ready, very ready for answers. So I let her go a little bit, and I asked her, I said, well, I have one question for you. I said, um, she goes, oh, oh, yes, what's that? I said to her, who's Jesus Christ, and is he God? That's it. Oh, <laughs> that's all I had to ask. One question. Because what does Scripture say? Anybody who does not admit that Jesus Christ is virgin-born, came as a man, and is God, is the spirit of Antichrist. So you know that if somebody doesn't have the truth, that's going to be the deciding point. Because I've said in this class before, and you know what I believe. God, Satan doesn't care if you believe in God. You can believe in one God. You can believe in any God you want. You can even believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because the Jews do. Are they saved? No. You can know this book backward and forward as long as you don't believe in Jesus Christ. So when I asked her that question, she says, oh, well, we worship Jesus Christ, but he's, he's just one of many gods. That's what the Bible said. 
I said, no, the Bible doesn't say that. And I was going to go to the book of John, the genealogy in the book of John. But she just turned around and I guess we agreed to disagree. And that was it. So I came in and told her, she said, you're kidding. I said, no. I said, I'm glad I was out there because now hopefully I planted a seed for her to think. Because we were duped. Everybody was duped at one time. Genesis 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. By the way, what do you think that common language was? Yes, I believe that 100%. Aramaic, Aramaic, Hebrew, Hebrew. Because we talked about in the book of Revelation how every time you talk about God and his creative, he spoke something into existence. And we talked about in Revelation that every chapter is related to every letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And the Hebrew alphabet is not just like ours where we have A, B, C, or D. And each letter in and of itself means nothing. In Hebrew, every letter has deep meaning. Go to my notes on the book of Revelation at my website and you will see it all laid out. Go there. It's free. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm auctioning off this site, actually. <laughs> yes, if you want to dump and tease it's all free. If you want to buy me a cup of coffee, that's fine. So the whole world was one, and, and men moved, as men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar, which is in the Babylon, the modern day Babylon area of Iraq. By the way, does Babylon still exist? Do we hear a lot about it? Did you know that Saddam Hussein was rebuilding the, uh, the area into what it was, into the glory days of Nebuchadnezzar? Did you know that? How do you know that? We didn't know that, did we, as far as the media is concerned. You know what they're doing there now? They are laying major fiber optic trunk cables into Babylon. They are building it up to be a huge, huge nerve center for something. You don't hear it, but there's a lot of stuff that you don't hear that's, that's boiling. And by the way, the Antichrist will make his headquarters Babylon. I've just got one more thing to tell you. Anybody hear of Alexander the Great? When he died, which he was about 32 years old when he died, he made his headquarters in Babylon just before he died. Did you know that he found the ruins of the Tower of Babel and was going to rebuild it? But unfortunately, he died. Do you see the, the, the thick cord that's a thread that runs through Scripture from here? We will talk about Babylon. And they said in verse 3, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered, not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. I want you to remember that. A tower to make a name for themselves so that they won't be scattered. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come let us, the triune God, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. That's the genesis of all the languages of the world. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth. Oh, so now all of a sudden they were forced to scatter. Remember God said in Genesis before this, be fruitful and multiply and populate the earth? Sounds like they don't want to do that. By the way, where is this world coming to? You notice how the world is getting, as we hear, smaller? Everybody wants to coalesce into a single super state, whether it's a single city with one head, whether it's a nation with one head, whether it's a world with one head who will be the Antichrist. We are heading toward one world government. It's this whole desire to become one people, 
to accept a former power base. You see, this is, this is nothing's changed. This is exactly what they wanted to do. So the Lord scattered them over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because the Lord confused the languages of the whole world from the Lord uh, scattered them over the face of the earth. So let's examine Nimrod. He's a major figure uh, in, in history here. He has affected every human being down through the ages, down through the ages, because every human being has had some kind of belief in something, and believe me, it's all around, all of these religions around the world, from the Aborigines to the ancient Mayans, we talked a lot about the ancient Sumerians, all of these things, and, and, and astrology, it's all been twisted, it all started from there. God told those people to spread out, and they didn't. Now Nimrod, you remember, may remember, if you were in my class about three weeks ago now, we talked about the, what Scripture said about Nimrod. He said he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. If you look at the actual uh, translation, it actually should say he was a mighty hunter in defiance of the Lord. And um, his name is actually means, Nimrod means, we will rebel. That's the, actually the translation of his name. He had tamed, he had devised a way of hunting. Why, why he was a mighty hunter is that he had found a way, history says, to tame leopards, to hunt. Now, if you know a leopard, that is a God-built, purpose-built hunting machine. So he now learned how to use tools. Everybody used tools, but he used a leopard as a tool. Now, he must have been a very special kind of man. I don't mean special kind of good. And there's a possibility that he had a little bit of Nephilim or, or something else in him because he was able to tame leopards. And he did a lot of other stuff, which I won't get into, but not just your average human being. He was really a, a, a despot, antichrist foretype. So he did this, and he was able to provide for these people. And who do you think, what do you think they do? When you provide people something to eat, hey, he's going to pay my mortgage. He's going to give me food to eat. It's like, you, you know what? We'll use leopards. We'll feed you all. Just stay here. It's, yeah, right. Maybe Obama's going to hunt with leopards. I don't know. <laughs> Only teasing. Though I'm not going to get politically sensitive people in here. All right. <clears throat> Did I tell you I don't mean to offend anybody? <laughs> I think it's too late. I know, you've been married to me, what, 21 years just about? Yeah, it's too late. Too late for you anyway. Um, so these people, will, now listen to this. I want you to understand something. This Tower of Babel, do you know what it actually was? Does anybody know what it was? Yeah. There was a program just on the History Channel this week. Mm -hmm. it was, they, they, they said it was at least two miles high. It could have been. It was actually seven, dis say again? Well, no, it was actually a tower. It was built like, um, it was like, a, it was comes to, came to a point. It had a round, yeah, because the way they used to build towers in those days, the stairs were on the outside. They had to actually build it with clay and bricks they were made, so they, they would build the tower, and they would build the stairs around the tower so they could use that as their scaffolding to go up to build these things. So yeah, it, could, it was very high. It could have been up to two miles. Yes? Yeah. Yes, it does. And doesn't it, by the way, just hint of the fact that they were given a new way of doing things, new technology, because they didn't understand this, and who taught them how to all of a sudden be able to bake brick and make it solid? You see what I'm saying here? There was a lot of intervention, and, and what men do is that once they learn how to take care of themselves, so to speak, they don't need God. And what do you think Satan's best tool is to have you self-sufficient? Then they don't need that. And all you need is Nimrod and, and then technology. Where are we today? We all we need is technology. We don't need God. We're going to build a better world. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, but then, baby, you got to get that technology called a generator. <laughs> See, you, need, you need some technology. Huh? Yeah, then you got to get gas. It's like, okay, yeah. let's keep it going. And then you need a, yeah, and you need oil, too. That's true. Right. So, right. And everybody's scared of the one thing that will throw us into the dark ages is the EMP bomb, the electromagnetic pulse bomb, which they say Iran or somebody with nuclear capability will not have enough nuclear capability to destroy the United States with a nuclear bomb. So what they will do is they will take enough, which could take one or two bombs, explode them very high in the atmosphere, and they will create such, a, such an intense electromagnetic pulse that anything that runs on electricity especially data systems, will immediately die and be dead for months. Everything will die. We will be thrust into the 18th century. By the way, isn't that where Islam wants us to be? We walk down the, the, the rocks with the sticks like uh, Osama. That's what they want. That's what they think they want, an Islamic caliphate. Yeah, but doesn't he have a computer in the rocks? Yes, you're actually, he does, doesn't he? He's got, he's got the self, you're right. What a cheater. Cheater. All right. All right. So the Tower of Babel, do you know what Babel means? The word Bab means gateway, and El is a name of God. You ever hear of El Shaddai? Mm -hmm. Gateway to God. Now, here's the point. That tower was seven levels, and it could have been as high as two miles, but it, at any rate, it was built in seven levels. By the way, what's the number seven in Scripture? Do you know? So they knew something. Remember, we all we talked about the, the gospel written in the stars. We, if you weren't in this class, you missed it. Read the notes. It's great stuff because it's true. So where there's astronomy, the anti, the antithesis of true astronomy and what God placed the lights and signs in heavens for is astrology. So if you're a Christian and you're fooling around with the, the astrology, you better knock it off because you're doing the wrong thing. Where do you think all that started? They built this tower. They weren't stupid. Remember, all of this history had been passed down from Adam through Seth. I talked to you about the pillars of Seth. And if you've read the Book of Enoch, there's a lot of history that they knew. They knew a lot more about God just because they were sinned. They had sinned, and they all came through the flood. They knew. So if you want to thwart God's plan, what's the best way to do it? To teach an absolute lie or to take some truth and start twisting it? What's the best way? So they built this tower in all probability so that they could get up to the heavens so they could become and look like that they are looking at the stars and now they can torque the gospel and the message written in the stars into astrology. And that's when all of that was invented. And if you look at a lot of these false religions, the, the mythology of the Egyptians and the Greek and Roman mythology, you'll find it all is linked to astrology. Go to a Chinese restaurant. You'll see it there too. They love their dragons, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, just like so in Hebrew, kind of like, like that. 10,000 or more characters, they don't have like an alphabet that you can go off of. Wow. So every word, it would be like us memorizing a dictionary. Right. So Isn't that amazing? It's interesting yeah. to know that the number seven is a Yeah, cross. and you notice how, and you bring up a good point, because you notice how Chinese and, and, and Japanese and, and languages that are based on ideograms, 
they have to know a lot. There's a lot, yeah, because each of those ideograms has a lot of meaning to it. Hebrew was the first language that had a lot of meaning to everything. And God used that language, or, or that is like the software that God used to create the hardware of the universe, basically. Yeah, you know? he, said, he studied Hebrew too, and he said, he said what's unique about Hebrew is that it still has an alphabet, and English still has an alphabet. Yes. If you go into any Asian, Vietnamese, or, mm -hmm. or any of those languages, you all, yeah, each of them have foreign characters. Yeah. And even though the character can be the same in, in different Mandarin and Chinese and so forth, mm -hmm. The whole thing, yeah. So it's inflection. Isn't that interesting? And it's how they inflect right. that. And this all started from the Tower of Babel. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. amazing. Thanks. So we have now this, this tower. We have this understanding of, of, of the dispersion of the people, but the reason why the tower is built. I'm going to give you a little example. Not an example. We'll give you the history of Nimrod and why all of this turned into religion. Mystery Babylon started when... Uh, it started then and has very long legs since then. I want you to start. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. We're going to talk about the, the in the le next 10 minutes here. Nimrod and his wife Semiramis and their son Tumuz. They started their own religion. See, once you have this despotic king, and once he's providing for you, and once he builds this tower, all of a sudden he not only owns your economy, he actually can start a religion. So you worship him. And Mystery Babylon is two things, which will be destroyed in two separate instances, as documented, anyway, in the book of Revelation. Economic Babylon, which is destroyed in, in Revelation chapter 17, the chronicling of the destruction of economic Babylon is 17, and the destruction of religious Babylon is chronicled in Revelation chapter 18. By the way, did I say, go to BibleStudyWeekly.net and read my notes on Revelation? It's all there! <laughs> So just to give you briefly here, Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1, after, I, after this I saw an angel coming down from heaven, and he had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor, and with a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit, and a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird, which is another way of saying this, the demons. For all the nations, all the nations, Everyone has drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings, the leaders, the governments of the earth have committed adultery with her. And the merchants, the economic system is totally involved and grew rich from her excessive luxuries. And then I heard another voice from heaven say, come out of her, my people. Now, this isn't the time when the church is gone. So who are my people that he's talking about that are left? The Jews. Come out of her, my people. But... This is written so that we can know now what God wants. So do you think it could apply to us today too while we're here? Come out of Babylon, my people. Come out of her, my people. Verse 5, for her sins are piled up to heaven and God has remembered her crime. And how is he going to punish? Give back to her as she has given. Pay her pack double for what she has done. Mix her double portion from her own, a double portion from her own cuff. Give her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she has given or gave herself. And she says, I sit as a queen. I am not a widow and I will never mourn. Remember what Israel had to say? God said, you are a widow. And she's saying, I got you, Israel, because I am no widow. If you understand the history of Israel, this is, what, this is defiance of what she's saying 
the whore of Babylon. We're talking about the beginning of Babylon, which is from Nimrod. I wanted to show you that. And by the way, at the verse, uh, verse 9, and it's going to show about her burning and the kings of the earth mourning over her. And then it says, Woe, oh, woe, great city, O oh, Babylon, city of power. In one hour, your doom has come. In what, do you know what that means? When it happens, it's going to be like that. Anybody know Isaiah chapter 17 when Isaiah says the burden of Damascus has been put upon me? Damascus has ceased from being a city and she is destroyed in one hour. Think about it. This is all good. This is all God hates this stuff. So God disperses them, which he was they were supposed to do. Rolling forward, Nimrod, after the flood, Satan diverted the attention of mankind from the Savior. We talked about how he wants to do that. And the base of the satanic counterfeit of salvation was a myth that after Nimrod's death, his wife gave birth to a son named Tammuz. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is not in Revelation. I'm just reading the history here that I have. I'm gonna, we're going to get into this. In the Babylonian myth, which started then, this is the basic religion, Tammuz was killed by a wild boar, but was resurrected. Sounds like somebody we know who was murdered and resurrected. See? Okay. All right. This became a major false religion and centered around the worship of the son Tammuz and his mother Semiramis. Tammuz was a baby or a young lad when he was supposedly murdered by, or killed by a wild boar and then resurrected. And then it became that he became like a Nimrod again and so then became this god of the sun and, and the rest of the history of the Egyptian and all of the mythology. I want to read you something from Jeremiah. But many cultures still worship Semiramis and Tammuz. One of them is, unfortunately, I'm going to say it, they don't worship them directly, but they worship the remnant of it, which is the Catholic religion. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm just going to read you. If you want to jot down the scripture or read my notes, they're posted. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 16 through 20. God's saying this through Jeremiah. So do not even pray for this people. Not, don't even offer any plea or, for, or petition to them. Don't even pray for them. Do not plead with me, for I will not listen to you. Do you not see what they are doing in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, the fathers light the fire, and the women knead the dough. So they're all involved in baking cakes of bread for the queen of heaven. That's Semiramis. They pour out drink offerings to other gods to provoke me to anger, but I am, but am I the one they are provoking, declares the Lord? Are they not rather harming themselves to their own shame? Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 20. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place. And it was right after that that Nebuchadnezzar sacked Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and they were taken into captivity. And it was when Daniel was reading the book of Jeremiah that he knew when the 70 years was almost up and he prayed that prayer to ask for revelation of when the Jews were going to be allowed to go back and rebuild the city and the temple. So Daniel knew this was important stuff. Jeremiah 44 and 15. Then, and we're going to wrap up very shortly, but we're going to, uh, next week we won't have class, but the, well, I'll come back when we have class. Then all the men, now listen to this, then all the men who knew, who knew, who knew that their wives were burning incense to other gods along with all the women who were present, a large assembly, and all the people living in Lower and Upper Egypt said to Jeremiah, we will not listen to the message you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord. Ooh, it's not that they said they didn't believe it, they don't even want to listen to it. And they said, we will certainly 
do everything we said we would. We, we will still do. We will burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and we'll pour out a drink offerings to her just as we and our fathers and our kings and our officials did in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Do you hear what God's people are telling him? They're telling him, oh, I'm not listening to you. Matter of fact, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hurt you, God. This is the Jews. You see why they went to captivity? At that time, when we were doing all of this stuff, in Egypt, we had plenty of food and were well off and suffered no harm. But ever since we stopped burning incense to the Queen of Heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have had nothing but been perishing by the sword and famine. Do you believe that? While they were doing all of this garbage, they were well cared for. They were provided for. The women then added. Now this is that was the men. Here's the women chiming in verse, chapter 44, verse 19. The women added, when we burned incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, did not our husbands know that we were making cakes like her, like, uh, like her image and pouring out drink offerings to her? I'm going to read you one more thing, and I want you to think about this this week. Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 12 through 15. God has taken Ezekiel around to show him why he's going to destroy or just about destroy Israel. And he's taking Ezekiel around almost like by the ear, bringing him to different places and showing him the temple. And he says, this is what Ezekiel says, And he, God, said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the darkness, each at the shrine of his own idol? They say, The Lord does not see us, the Lord has forsaken us, and again, you will not see them doing the things. That, uh, uh, they have said that, that God has not seen them. So he says, And I'm going to show you, Ezekiel, even more detestable things they're doing. So Ezekiel's like probably saying, You mean that's not bad enough? Verse 14. Then he, God, brought me, Ezekiel, to the entrance of, to the north gate of the house of the Lord, the temple, the north gate of the temple. And it says this, and I want you to think about this, and this says it verbatim in your Bible. And I saw women sitting there mourning or weeping for Tammuz. That's what it says here. He said to me, do you see this, son of man? You will see things that are even more detestable than this, and you can read the rest for yourself if you care to. Look in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 8. The book of Ezekiel is a book of, retribu of, of retribution and restoration. It's a timeline, a general timeline for the punishment of Israel. And that's what this has come from. And we're going to get more back into this. We're going to go back into Genesis, next, not next week, but the week after. I hope I have piqued your interest to study this on your own. The scriptures are in my notes, but you can go to your own Bible and study it. And you see verbatim, he's talking about Tammuz. How many hundreds of years after Nimrod and his son died? Do you see the Tower of Babel? Do you see the persistence of this garbage? We're going to talk next, well, next time we meet, not next week, about how it rolls forward into today and what's going to happen at the point where Revelation says it's all going to be destroyed. We're going to review that because I also need to talk to you, which we didn't get today, about religions today, why they worship Mary. And I've got a couple of stories to tell you about conversations I've had with someone who was a Catholic and then they couldn't answer my question. And then the guy calls his wife and says, oh, by the way, she says we don't worship Mary. And they do. They do. Do you pray to anybody but the Lord? Do you pray to saints? Do you pray to Mary? Is she holy? Is she someone special? Only as the mother of Jesus Christ. She is nothing more than that. How about, does she figure prominently in scripture? No. Other than what she did, that was for her job at that point in time, and that was it. Why is she worshipped? Think about it. Have a great two weeks.